Purgatory, and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We'll reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today, we discuss season four, episode eight, The Usual Suspects. The Unusual Suspects. Sorry. (laughs) The Unusual. (laughs) I read it wrong. (laughs) The Unusual Suspects. (laughs) I had to correct myself multiple times when writing this (laughs) because I was like, that's not what it's called. Oh, wait, that's what the movie is called. Right. Exactly. Unfortunately, no Kaiser Soze to be found in this episode. Um. But written by, or maybe fortunately, (laughs) written by John Kasdan, who was a child actor in The Big Chill. Mm, But he went on on to write for Freaks and Geeks. He also wrote the Kristen Stewart Adam Brody vehicle in The Land of Women. Oh. And and wrote the movie Solo, the Han Solo Star Wars. Okay. Um, don't ask me about Star Wars. Okay, so and then That's directed by <laughs> James Whitmore Jr. I know that Han Solo is a person that appears in yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> um, okay, originally aired on November 22nd, 2000. The description from Wikipedia, Principal Peskin's sailboat turns up in the swimming pool with the words class of 2001. Oh, did you feel a little pride? Nope. Emblazoned. No. <laughs> <And> nope. <laughs> nope emblazoned on the sail in white paint on board is on the on board the boat is his dog chester who was kidnapped the previous day dog napped (laughs) dawson pacey and jack are all prime suspects in the prank pacey is the only senior with access to the boatyard from where peskin's boat was stolen dawson has keyholder access to the school through his father's job and therefore would have the ability to get the boat into the pool after hours and a nervous check. This is a real breakdown. I know. <laughs> nervous Seriously. Jack attracts attention. <laughs> <laughs> a nervous Jack attacks, attracts attention from Chester, as well as admitting to buying white paint. That was not a great sentence. After their interrogations reveal seemingly airtight alibis, another culprit sur- surfaces and some poetic justice is dished out. <gasps> Dang. Dang. How dare they bring Janet Jackson in two pockets? I mean, mean, let's keep the Lord's name out of this. And by that, I mean Janet Jackson. Um, Okay, so my history is mysteries. All right, I could not find big news events for this week. I really tried. So Uh I'm going to give you some history of November 22nd. Okay. 1906, Morse code was accepted as the universal SOS for ships in distress. Cool. On November 22nd, 1986, Mike Tyson became the first, the youngest, I'm sorry, person ever to win the World Heavyweight Championship in boxing. And of course, on November 22nd, 1963, then President John Fitzgerald Kennedy was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald in Dallas, Texas. So... There you go. All right. Um, I went there num- to the like <laughs> memorial the or whatever. Place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, mm, I've only been to the Dallas airport. Mm. Do not recommend. No, um, it's <laughs> the worst airport oh in the God. fucking world. Oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> Sorry. I've never not been delayed at Dallas Fort Worth. 
Um, not once has my plane ever left on time from that airport. Um, uh, so number one movie is still How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Number one song is still Independent Part One, Independent Women Part One by Destiny's Child. And this week was the week that the OG WAP song, Lil Kim's How Many Licks, featuring Cisco, debuted on the Billboard Hot 100. All right. Great song. Yeah. And just like, if you want just one of the most disgustingly dirty songs of all time, download How Many Licks because it's. It, it ta- I think it taught me a yeah. few things like You'll- as a teenager. I was like, oh, is that a thing one could do? Oh. You'll, okay. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That shaped little minds for a few years (laughs) it did it did it did um okay so before we jump in i want to say that last time i i said that the episode was a goodbye to andy um but i didn't give her goodbye music so there's like a little confusion on our twitter feed it's a goodbye to her as a series regular but she does come back so she doesn't get her playoff music yeah right yeah but don't worry i have a great song picked out yeah um and then i'm i'm not sure that i technically a series regular in the credits for the whole series that's but yes it's like yeah the end of her run yeah she kind of she yeah she's it's she's not really an integral part of the story ever again yeah yeah um i I don't know if i've ever told you this Marin, but you know my mom (laughs) listens to our show every week yeah and then reports to me about what she thought (laughs) (laughs) um and she would like you and everyone else to know after last week's episode that me having that the strong opinion that i have about the hair and the fashion on on this show is Mm -hmm. quite rich (laughs) and um (laughs) she thinks that i've never once had an opinion about hair or fashion and um she wants everyone to know that it's wild that i went off on my big rant about the hair (laughs) Oh my gosh, you always have an opinion about hair and fashion. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just because (laughs) I don't like adhere to, uh, you know, I'm not like a person who's like really experimental in my hair or fashion. Right. Doesn't mean you don't have opinions. (laughs) I know, but she, she, she was laughing at me for like multiple minutes the other day. She's learning something about you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Something new. Um, if there is something to be said too about fashion that you have personally fallen victim to, that like yeah, you have to talk the about. Gaze of like looking back, you're just like, man, that's how it really was. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so we looked like. Horrific. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really it's, um, <laughs> it's just it's unsettling, unsettling. It really is, <laughs> and it's just gonna get worse. I know. I know. Okay, so Aaron, welcome to Dawson's Noir. I know. Um, it's like they're like, remember Eve? Yeah, no one does. So let's just do a new noir. A new, yeah. We don't. We're let's forget that Indian summer happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's the new noir: the unusual suspects. And we start off in a hallway with at yeah, school with none of our characters. It's just yeah, random it's people. Kind of like a dream scene. <laughs> like yeah, you're just like, what like is going on? <laughs> you know? And you, then- <laughs> you you don't know what's happening. They're kind of going through the hallway, yeah. but like not following any in any people, not no, even just no. our characters. 
And then, and so you, and then some guy runs into the hallway and yells like, you got to see the swimming pool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then everyone just takes off in a sprint, which is like, just not my no. recollection of high school. If someone had said that, I would have looked at them and been like, I absolutely do fucking not have to see that. No. Whatever and I just is. don't think someone would have yelled it like that. You would have seen like the natural mm-hmm. progression. But yeah. the reason why that would happen at our school is because what we find out is Cape side high has an indoor swimming pool that's wild i like what yeah is that real i mean i don't know my high school listeners weigh in like i mean we've already admitted our whole high schools were outdoors so like why do we have an indoor pool we had a a pool and a high dive and we had multiple pools yeah yeah the pool part checks out but like indoor (laughs) no 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 make any sense (laughs) (laughs) and again 300 kids yeah, what? What's this high school? <laughs> this like fucking Twilight Zone high school. What the hell? And there's a sailboat in the pool with class of 2001, which yes, if you didn't know, is Aaron and I's class, yeah. um, high school graduating class, uh, painted on the sail. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mitch, like Mitch, comes out and is like, "What's this?" You know. Yeah. And for the first time, we see Harry Shearer as Principal yeah. Peskin. Yeah. So if people don't wait, if people don't know Harry Shears from This Is Spinal Tap mm-hmm. and also plays Ned Flanders, Mr. Burns and Principal Skinner and so many more on The Simpsons. Um, he was also in The Truman Show and Wayne's World 2 and episodes of Friends, Murphy Brown, Saturday Night Live and Laverne and Shirley. Um, and if you don't know him by name, Google him. You know him. I promise. You know him by voice. <laughs> <laughs> by voice. Definitely by voice. Um, and principal peskin tells us that that's his boat and that's his dog because there is (laughs) a cute golden retriever on the the boat and we see like (laughs) joey come in with jack yeah like they're giggling and then dawson walks in and he's like oh man he says to joey like i wish i came up with that and joey's like (laughs) You're not that good, man. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like Joey's just like, you might be a practical joker, which I'll remind you we haven't seen since season one. I know. Um, and he's like, but this is out of your league. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> sick burn, Joe. <laughs> okay. And then like two like hunks like jump yeah. in shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> and they pull the sailboat over to like where the everyone's side. standing yeah. <laughs> I, okay just go with it because it's like a it's way bigger than true love it's like a big it's sailboat. like a sailboat yeah it's like yeah. a legit and, and like the dog been... jumps off the boat the dog's name is chester it jumps off the boat and principal peskin calls him but he goes straight to jack which of course mm-hmm. is like Meh. yeah and Jack's standing there like stunned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we get the credits. Um, mm. And so we go then back to school where we hear the following names called Jack McPhee, Zach Estrin, who's the person who wrote the last episode, yeah. Dawson Leary, Dave Busan, and Pacey Witter. And then immediately we go and it's down to only Pacey Witter, Jack McPhee, and Wait, Dawson wait, Leary. wait. Don't gloss over this. So we see our three kids and two black students walking to the principal's (laughs) office. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I only only noticed one. There was two? I believe there was two, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was a casting choice. (laughs) Can't say I approve of it. Um, 
But we go to the principal's office where immediately it's just these three boys, Jack, yeah. Dawson, and Pacey. <laughs> Nar- yeah. have <laughs> been narrowed down. Yeah, yeah. And Mitch is there. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's totally like a fucking fake noir. Like there's like one light hanging down <laughs> yeah, exactly. in this like office. But it's like a lo- a lawyer's office. It's yeah, definitely it's not, not princi- like Principal Green's office, which no, we've not. been in before. So we've been to the principal's office like multiple times with each principal that has <laughs> yeah. been there yeah. at Cape Side High. Mm-hmm. Um, someone needs to maybe check in on why the turnover rate is so high at this high school. Yeah, um, yeah. It's different from why the turnover rate's so high at Sunnydale High School. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, and so Pacey's like, you know, Peskin's like, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. <laughs> Pacey's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. so possibly the easy way. <laughs> And, and we just Dawson get this like montage dad, yeah. like interviewing him. He's like, Dad, really? Consequences for me? I'm a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> he's like, because Mitch is like, you are a suspect because you ha- have access to my keys. Yeah. And Pacey and- <laughs> has access to the boatyard. So he's mm-hmm. a suspect. Yeah. And then and we start to explain himself for the dog. Right. So those that's the reasoning behind yeah. these three suspects. So we go into Jack's story, you know, and it's like. They like zoom into his eye. <laughs> they, that's true. That's true. And because he has to account for where he's been from 10 a.m. to noon, um, which is when the dog was taken. And we see him then on Jen's porch with flowers in one hand yeah. and he's like dad <laughs> and she's like sound asleep she's like what the fuck are you doing here it's hella early you know yeah. and um he's like jen jen oh. look i talked to like the person who's administering your community service and asked if like it would count if you were the soccer coach with me so what? wait before we get there i agree with you on that <laughs> on that front but before we get there Jen says two lines that are my Uh fucking favorite (laughs) she says she comes out and sees just Jack up against the window with flowers in his hand and says I'm still asleep and this is a dream and what's your heterosexual which I fucking love and I want that (laughs) well and grace reboot and then (laughs) Jen's Jen's like what could be better than a dapper young lad bearing a flower arrangement showing up at my door and I just like the I just love the way Michelle Williams say, says those lines. I just like fucking love her so much. Um, but yes, uh, then Jack tells her that he worked it out a deal. What a deal that makes no sense. No, and I mean I guess if we're just going with like some random juvenile, you know, police officer or whatever hands out you know community service i guess we go with this but like it's unbelievable (laughs) well like and it kind of feels like they're like the the juvenile service officer that like works at our school so it's like like oh school to prison pipeline god is jen on that um she's a a bad girl she is she is um you know and jen's kind of like i don't know if i should like be working with kids like i don't think that that's maybe not really what i want to do um yeah. And he's like, no, I need you. Like ever yeah. since Andy left, like, I just need someone to help me. And like, can you please? Mm-hmm. And she agrees. And he's like, you're a goddess. <laughs> I know. And he like, it's like, give these flowers to Grams. And he runs off and he's like, I got to go meet Drew. And Jen's like, hold up this shit again. 
<laughs> right. Because he's like, I'm going to pick you up at 1245 sharp, which like gives us a timing. And mm-hmm. like, he's like, and I'm going to go meet Drew. And Jen's like, excuse me. <laughs> and he's like, look, I can't explain now. It's a karma thing, but I have to go. And we go then to Pacey. <laughs> and Pacey's like, you know, he's he's like being asked what his story is from the previous day. Mm-hmm. And then we're supposed to get, as we go into his, the Evan and Jaren classic oh. Crazy for This Girl. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, and as that's playing, Pacey and Joey are making out on the front of Joey's truck. <laughs> I know. He's like, they're like, can you remember what he did yesterday? And he like smiles and he's like, I can remember. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, oh so yeah. Cute. And she starts chiding him. She's like, I can't believe you're doing it. You're giving in to Doug's request. Like after all this, you know, you take one, you know, um, test and says you're going to be a cop and now you're going on a ride along with Doug. <laughs> oh, she says, now you're watching lost episodes of Cop Rock, which <laughs> I... Oh my God, Aaron! Do you not remember Cop Rock? It was so Stephen Bochco who did, uh, you know, L.A. Law and Hill Street Blues mm-hmm. and NYPD Blue and stuff. He, at this point, was making so much money for I think ABC um, mm-hmm. that they just like let him do whatever he wanted, and he did a cop musical show. And I beg of you, I like YouTubed it today because I was like, I know I've seen parts of Cop Rock. Uh-huh. And I was like, it's like, it's stunningly bad, but yes, like in yes. a great way. <laughs> Just, I, I encourage you to go YouTube Cop Rock. Um, I, it's one of those shows, though, that I'm like, actually, I kind of think if they made this today with the knowledge of Glee mm-hmm. and like how to put together a musical show or yeah. like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that like they might actually pull this off today, which is wild because it was right. terrible. Um, anyway. Uh, so, so, um, Pacey asked Joey if he, if she thinks he'd look sexy in a uniform. <laughs> she's like, not the point. <laughs> Which is, uh, it tells me something about Joey Potter. <laughs> and like, yeah, so she waves to Doug and she's like, take care of him for me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> kind of cute yeah and like she um, tells him she tells pacey i'll pray for you sweetheart (laughs) (laughs) just just a dead fan (laughs) he's like (laughs) oh yeah and then he's and then he goes um he tells she goes see if you can't straighten this punk out for me or something like that yeah and then pacey makes a joke that's like straight isn't a part of doug's vocabulary which you know i kind of hate but that one actually i think i'm an awful person for this it makes me laugh every time (laughs) i think because doug's such an asshole in this episode i was like it kind of i don't know just like and that one actually made me i like laughed out loud and then i was like does that make me an awful person (laughs) that was actually kind of funny (laughs) I mean, like I always maintain, it's like the, part of their sibling dynamic yeah. that they do this. And like, yeah. you just see like, while that's why we use it to explain what's happening, how it creates like really horrific toxicity within their relationship. Sure, sure. So we go back to like the interrogation office and, and yeah. um, Mitch is like to Dawson, like when you got up yesterday, when I got up, you were already gone. Yeah. <laughs> And Dawson then says, weren't you working this NYPD blue angle a little hard? So we've got now two Stephen Bochco shows 
Oh. Cop shows referred to in this episode. Interesting. There's a yeah. lot of cop show <laughs> references in this episode. I note I notated them. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we see da- Dawson. Um, Gail gave Dawson a ride to Mr. Brooks's house. Right. And yeah, sorry, he was like, ahead. my mom gave me a ride. Yeah, and we see Gail dropping him off, and she's like, kind of giving him a hard time, like come on, Dawson, you have to find your dad's keys. Like I'm covering for you now, but like you need to find him before he finds out, you know? Right. And right. So we know like Dawson didn't have the keys. Mm. And, and Mr. Brooks came, comes out and then Dawson's like, okay, like you called me here. Like, what do you need? Yeah. And Mr. Brooks is like, you know, I've got this study. It's full of stuff. I, it needs to be cleaned and organized. Like kind of like I, I brought you here to do that. Yeah. And Dawson's and- like, no, I've already paid my debt to you. So right. if you need me to do any work, you have to pay me. <laughs> Which I was like, good for him. I know. You know? Like, well, this like- is then my thing with Mr. Brooks and Dawson is like, I actually like am into the dynamic a little bit because like I when Dawson stands up to him, I'm like, yeah, you should stand up to that guy. You also, know, you should advocate to get paid <laughs> for your labor. <laughs> that too um and um so mr brooks says no to to get paying dawson at first yeah and dawson's, dawson's just like, like all right, right. See ya. <laughs> like, your boat's fixed like i don't know i don't yeah. work for free you know good for him yeah and then mr brooks like fine 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 i'll pay you but what i think you're worth and then i was like all right dawson you could you could use a few better negotiating skills <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um so then we go back to jack who like has met drew at the hardware store yeah um, they're working on a chem project (laughs) which is like a stretch but all right all right and drew's like you know i'm so happy you reached out jack like i kind of thought you held me responsible for like what happened with andy and the the drugs and jack's like yeah whatever like go grab the paint and i feel like (laughs) this is always a little bit of a giveaway that something else is going on yeah totally because i'm like jack Jack got pissed at Jen. That's what I mean. He fucking popped off on Jen. Like, right. didn't talk to her. Like, so, okay, you know. Yeah. And we haven't seen them even really interact. So him reaching out to Drew, you exactly. know. Yeah. And he's like, and so Jack sends Drew to get the paint and supplies and go to the register. And Drew's like, why can't you do it? And Jack yeah. says. Because like, even Drew's suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack's like, oh, you know, I got to fix this net on the soccer field. Like, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it. So I got to get some netting and like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so Jack goes to walk away and Drew's like, man, it must be weird to be selfless. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Drew's such a wild card, man. <laughs> Um, then we, we go over to Pacey and Doug at a donut shop, of course, <laughs> although this looks like a nice donut shop and it's like a diner donut, donut shop. shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Doug mentions cops. Um, yeah. and like, and then we go to, yeah, they kind Pacey of just like, like, can't believe how, it's like a quick scene. Pacey just yeah. can't believe how stereotypical it is. Right. And then, yeah, we go over back to Dawson at Mr. Brooks's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's spending the morning like in a study with like dusty ass boxes and he opens up a box and he finds like like a hella dusty school yearbook (laughs) and like you know he opens it because we know he does that i would totally do that i I would would do it too but like uh, 100 (laughs) percent 
Because it's not like, yeah, whatever. But yeah. it's just funny. Him nosy shit, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, Dawson is fucking nosy. And, and he, he like flips fi- and he finds Mr. Brooks. Yeah. So and- we find out his name is Arthur Isaac Brooks. Mm-hmm. And in his yearbook, he says he has aspirations to become a great Hollywood filmmaker. Yeah. Huh. Who else has those aspirations? <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. Also in the background, there's this like great, like old timey, like horn noir music playing. Right. Um, which is like pretty funny. Um <laughs> like definitely way better than indian summer <laughs> yeah it is it is um but then we go back to the interrogation room and, yeah and mitch is like you know we gotta discuss your ninth grade senior pact and <laughs> we f- we find out that when dawson was in the ninth grade the seniors pulled this like lame prank where they graffitied the lockers and trashed the parking lot so dawson and pacey made a pact that like when their time right. came, they were gonna they do were it do, right. Like the most amazing senior prank ever. Okay, <laughs> which I, honestly totally checks out. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawson would be like, "Can you believe they just graffiti blockers? We're gonna fucking do the better one." <laughs> so when I was in the ninth grade, which mm-hmm. was a year before Columbine, I have to say because of how this story goes. Yeah. Um, a group of seniors. Their senior prank was they put a shoebox with wires coming out of it in front of the office and called in a bomb threat. And I'm totally not joking. This legitimately happened. Yeah. And my mother was dropping me off at school and like we they we weren't allowed to go in like my school was like mm-hmm. on a hill, so you kind of like entered at the bottom of a hill and had to drive up this up this yeah. hill and kind of around. And um, we weren't allowed to go in. There were men in hazmat suits. Like the bomb squad was out in has in the like the big bomb suits. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. as my mom is like driving me into high school, I'm like 14, and um, and well, I got that we got the day off, and like those kids, like they definitely got arrested, and a bunch yeah. of them got fined, and then a couple of them lost their college acceptances. Like, and I think one was to yeah. Princeton. Like one of Good. them, like <laughs> can't be doing shit like Isn't that. Isn't that wild? Is well, that my a- school in eight, it was when I was in eighth grade, but I knew I was going to go to this high school. They had like a, I don't, I wasn't there. So I just know what was on the news, but they were reporting on the news where they had like, st- if I remember right, they like stapled dead animals to trees. So we couldn't do senior pranks after that. <laughs> they like banned it at the school. Oh, maybe that's, I was like, I don't think my class did a senior prank, but also I hated everyone, but like three people that I went to high school with. So mm-hmm. I was not in a group that would have planned any of that. I mean, I would have never done that kind of stuff either, but they were like, like, it was like banned. Like you, no, I don't know how they banned something of that other than whatever, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, do they still do senior breaks? That's such a weird thing that like, it is kind of, I think ended, but okay. (laughs) Um, So Dawson's like, I don't know if you recall, but Pacey and I aren't really on great terms right now. So (laughs) we didn't do this together. Like, and he's like, you know, I and then he, I like, can tell pauses. you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he totally like throws Pacey under the bus. Yeah, he does because he says like, I can tell you, I didn't do it, but I can't speak for Pacey. <sighs> so, and then we have Jack in the interrogation room, and yeah. he's like picked up Jen at twelve forty-five, yeah. gone to the, park, to the park, and we see them at the park, and they're trying to figure. <laughs> okay, out wait. This- as soon as we got to the scene at the park i was like oh my god it's this episode because like 
you and I have talked off mic about this where it's like season four. I know, I know it pretty well, but I don't necessarily know what order the episodes are in, in my Mm -hmm. head. And I have vivid memories of watching this episode with you in college (laughs) because of what happens right now. Yeah. As soon as I saw that net, I started cry laughing. (laughs) It's fucking amazing. I think you said before, why don't they let Jen do like comedy or Michelle Williams do comedy? She's really funny. They're trying to put the soccer net up. I'm, I don't know anything about soccer, so like the goal net, yeah, 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 and like, and Jack like kind of walks away and leaves Jen, and she just like gets caught up in the net and just like face plants, <laughs> eats shit. She eats it so hard, <laughs> and Jack's me and just laughs at her. <laughs> Aaron Hensley, if you fall in front of Aaron Hensley, she will cry laugh at you. She cannot okay. help it. She okay. cannot help it. Oh my god. We were in Yosemite and like I fell and I like <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Charles was like, wait, you even laugh at yourself? And I was just like, yeah. falling is so fucking funny to me. Yeah. I like can't. I, can't. I know, I know. So I have these like distinct memories of us being on our couch sophomore year and you just like cry laughing <laughs> while we were watching this. It like and it hit me like a visual visceral freight train. As soon as I saw that net, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> anyway um so jack Jack brings molly over yeah and he offers her the position of goalie you Mm -hmm. know he's like i got a proposition for you and i got an offer for you and she's like is it an offer like as in i can take it or leave it and he's like yeah and she's like then leave it no thank you see ya (laughs) do not want to be the goalie and And jack is like like, stunned yeah (laughs) and then jen kind of like tells him like oh i like that kid like she reminds me of me (laughs) and like jack's like but i'm mad because like she knows that if i put her in goalie like the boys are gonna torture her yeah i just hate these boys do that jack (laughs) i know but jen's like i get it and like she's a lot like she seems like she's a lot like me like she's gonna try to not face any of that unless you get her really pissed off (laughs) about something and then she's gonna face it head on yeah, it's really dark. I don't know. I, I just don't like this storyline because Jen's like, unless you emotionally manipulate her, then she'll do what she already said no thank you to. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like, there's a part of me that thinks it's a little hard that, like, girls get taught from such a young age to, like, make themselves small and quiet and not, like, rock the boat. And I wish that that wasn't true. But it is. So. I mean, I totally agree. And it's like, Jack knows that these kids are going to make fun of him, but he hasn't like tried any anti-bullying things right. or hasn't tried to eliminate that behavior. He's like, no, no, the way this is going to change is if the women do all the work. And if you just suck it up and you're the goalie and then like, you know, you'll be a goalie and like, they'll still make fun of you, but like, you'll be a goalie. And you're like, well, I don't want to be a goalie. I want yeah. them to not torture me. Well, in 2000, that was a, a lofty uh, ask. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, we go back to the interrogation room where we find out that the boat was taken between 1230 and 515. Mm-hmm. And Pacey is the only senior with access yep. to the warehouse at the Yacht Club. Said records show. And Pacey, showing his privilege of the law, is like, yeah. what records? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Harry Shearer, Harry Shearer plays the best dumb cop of all time. <laughs> like, he's just so good. <laughs> Like, I can't overstate how much I think actually Harry Shearer holds this episode together. 
Yeah, they feel like they specifically cast him for this episode. Yeah. Um, And then we like go out to where Pacey and Doug are like sitting on this side of a two lane highway waiting for people to speed. Yeah. And Pacey's like, he he says, Pacey wants to talk about his future because he's having dread. But they don't have a healthy relationship with good communication skills. True. So what he leans into is making fun of Doug because that's how they communicate. It's That's interesting that you say that because I read Pacey's tone as like he's actually just like feels like he's just saying the truth that everyone knows and like doesn't really understand until he sees that Doug is hurt that like what he says is really hurtful. Mm-hmm. that's what it felt like to me right I, I think we're saying the same thing okay okay because <laughs> pacey asked do you ever wonder what it's what you're doing with your life and because yeah, he wants to know like i don't know what i'm doing with my life <laughs> like I, right. I don't know how to talk to you and they have bad communication so he's like do you ever wonder what you're doing with your life it seems like this is fucking stupid and you're amounting to nothing <laughs> Right, he That's calls how the him. The winners talk to each other. The winners, the winner men. Right, because he calls he calls Doug the Barney Fife of this podunk town, mm-hmm. and is just like, look at you, like you you have all these like Elliot Ness dreams, but you're nothing and nobody. Yeah, which is like that's fucking harsh. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and Doug is really hurt by it. Yeah, and I mean that's how the winner men talk to each other. No, I I get you. Yeah, and it, so Doug's hurt, and then because Pacey doesn't want to be a, a toxic witter man, he feels bad. But since he doesn't have the space to like talk to this person who he simultaneously like cares about, but also terrorizes him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a uh, it's like a, it ends on a kind of like oh shit, like Pacey's yeah. like oh shit, I really. Just I mean, that's the thing with siblings is that you guy. know that you're both like. He Pacey knows that Doug is a victim of John Witter's like horrific violence, vitriol, shittiness behavior, you know. But on the other hand, Pacey is also a victim of Doug's behavior. And that's a complicated thing when you have these really toxic environments that you are raised in. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, the winners are a bit of a mess. Um, so we find out that Dawson got picked up from Brooks's house around 1230 by Gretchen. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Brooks comes out and is just like, oh, you're just running off with your girlfriend? Like, what are you doing? And I kind of was like, what is he doing? Well, okay. I'm going to jump into Dawson's defense, which is like, he showed up at this house where he was no, just no, that part. I don't, I don't, he can leave, but I just don't understand how he's like trying to make the case to this, you know, to the principal of like, Oh, then I just had to leave for three hours. Well, he needed to get home to like, look for Mitch's keys or something like that. Like he had to do this thing, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, good question. Um, <laughs> but like Brooks is fucking dick about it. And he's like, if you're not back in three hours, I'm not going to pay you. And then, like, Dawson <laughs> and, gets in the car, and Gretchen's like, wow. Who the fuck is that asshole? <laughs> What's that dude's deal? Dawson's just like, I can't even. And then Gretchen's like, oh, sorry, Gail couldn't, like, leave, so I had to pick you up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we go then over to the soccer field where Jack is, like, not ready to give up on Molly being the goalie. Mm-hmm. And he, like, starts to ask her about Billy. 
yeah. who apparently took all the orange slices. And then Molly says this thing where she's like, just wait till I'm 17 and hot. He's going to regret it. And I was like, oh, okay. This is so wild story. It's just like the most fucked up reinforce, like the way that they reinforce these narratives about like Jen to us, 17 year olds. And then they're like furthering, like, and then it just continues when you're 10, even you're like, yeah, yeah. you know, because Jack's there, like trying to manipulate her into doing something she wants while not like she she admitted that this guy Billy's a piece of shit to her and he didn't go over and be like Billy why didn't hey. he share like why isn't he like yeah. giving any like corrective behavior to Billy right because he's just acting like the only way that we can dismantle these like systems of oppression is if Molly just like becomes goalie and shows them it's like what <laughs> <laughs> she could have Would done you... that like regardless we need to dismantle these systems of oppression that right, right, right. give men ability to be pieces of shit yeah because molly of course the the what aaron just said where he like is like just show them that you're the yeah. best goalie you know it works on her yeah um, he's but like, then boys she... aren't gonna respect you unless you make them which is fucked oh oh it was <laughs> it's my responsibility for a boy to give me respect? I mean, did I hear that right? Did I hear that right? Yeah, you did. You did. Um, I mean, what can I say? And then Molly's like, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 Jack. That's not how it is. He's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm going to be a goalie, but I'm going to dismantle these systems of oppression. I feel yeah. fuck about them and these regressive opinions about boys and boys will be boys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Molly is uh Molly is the generation that's given us hope right now. <laughs> so, is well, what she's we're a millennial, to say. but yeah. But I mean, you know, a young millennial. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's totally. good. Um so we go back to Gretchen who drops Dawson at his house where Drew is waiting. <laughs> and she says that whenever she sees Drew, she hears the Darth Vader theme in her head, which I found funny. <laughs> And then Dawson's like, oh, you know, I'm just like, I'm making an effort with him. And Gretchen asks why. And Dawson says it's a karmic decision. So that's the second person that has brought up karma. Yeah. <laughs> in regards to Drew in this episode. Um, and so then we get this like real wild like exposition about what <laughs> Drew and Dawson did last night. They I went know, on a great I date. I had a hard time following what happened. Did they okay. run into each other at the movie theater? They had like a meet cute. Yeah. Did, okay. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. They had a meet cute at the movie theater where Dawson apparently was drew went to the movies and Dawson then lent him $5 for popcorn and asked him to sit drew to sit with Dawson. And then they went and got burgers afterwards. Yeah. Dawson's like, of course I gave you five bucks for popcorn. It was your idea to get a hamburger. <laughs> You're just like, what is What's happening? Fuck? Also, I'd kill to do any one of those activities right now. Um, I know. <laughs> no, I went to the drive-in to oh. see the new Sia movie, and it's just, it's not the same. Yeah, it's no, not, it's not, the same. not the same. Not the same. And, and Drew's like, you know, it's so nice to, like, kind of, like, find someone that I can, like, hang with. Yeah. And then we realize why Drew's really there, which is that he's got like, Dawson's keys. Yeah, you left your keys, keys in my car. And, um, yeah, and... <laughs> Dawson's like stoked to have found them. Yeah. And like Drew's like, thanks for being nice to the new kid. <laughs> right. And he goes, you know, Dawson, what goes around comes around. And Dawson's like, that is so true, Drew. It does. 
So <laughs> then we go to, I'm sure you can all tell what this is building to at this point. <laughs> you haven't watched the show before. Um, so Paisley and Doug walk up then to a house where someone stole a dog. I wonder whose house it is. <laughs> and Paisley's just like, wait, we're going to go look for a stolen dog. Like, yeah. this is what you do as a cop. Like, you know, and he still has like, a little bit of disdain. And Paisley's like, how do you know the dog isn't just lost? Right. <laughs> like, Doug's like, well, there were footprints. <laughs> it's just wild. So it's just wild. Yeah. And then Doug fucking rips into Pacey. Like, he, because Pacey's like, this is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah, this is really what you want to teach me, like, how to find a lost dog. Right. <laughs> right. And, and Doug says, if you ever care about anything as much as I care about being an officer in this town, I will be shocked. And you, if you are ever as good as anything as I am at being an officer in this town, I'll be shocked. And if you ever judge me again, so help me God, I will beat the ugly right out of you. End Def- quote. <laughs> Defund the police. I mean, like, the it's look just on dark Pacey's how the face. talk to each other. Yeah, it's so fucking twisted. Well, because, like, you can see that, like, him kind of being mean about the dog is like mm-hmm. a defense mechanism for all the shit that Doug and their dad have like put him through. Um, and yeah, like, like, of course, if you're Pacey, you're going to think like, this is <laughs> being a police officer is stupid. You all don't protect and serve me. You, you beat me up. You know, right. we know that. And then like, you know, just like this idea that they have like honor and they're good guys and they do the right thing. And he's like, but you don't, you hit me. <laughs> You commit acts of violence. Pull a gun me, on me. Yeah. Pull a gun on me. You yeah. know, you <laughs> you hear that my teacher was raping me and then you blame me for that. Yeah. Um. Okay. And like then, you know, you just lay into me like it, it's like out of the blue kind of like we know Doug's mad, but he lays into him out of the blue. Like yeah. I was stunned, you know, so like that kind of that behavior is really scary. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's fucked. And like, you know, I, I there's this part of me that's like, I get that the thing that Pacey said to Doug in the car was a mean thing to say, but also, like, like then this is the reaction. Old. Right, yeah. like, exactly. <laughs> this is the reaction. Like, and also, why do you care? Yeah, just like... <laughs> <laughs> like, why is Pacey's So judgment- your little brother's like, your job's stupid, and you're like, you're gonna amount to nothing. You'll never care about anything. <laughs> right. You're a piece of shit, and you're yeah, yeah. worthless. yeah. Okay. Okay, Doug. That's the way you want to play it. Um, so so we we abruptly go back into the interrogation room where Peskin's like, You were looking for you were looking for my dog? And Paisley's like, Yes, can we can I like can I go? Yeah, why are you like, yeah, he's like, Why are you coming so hard for me? And then he's right. like, Oh, Dawson threw me under the bus, didn't he? The pact. And then Peskin, he's like, you know, I didn't do this, like, you know. Dawson threw me under the bus. I didn't do this. This pact, We're like not friends. Yeah. You know? And Peskin and- then says the line, "Justice is blind," to which I say, "Ha ha!" <laughs> not in America. Um, nope. and like if Dawson did it, we're gonna figure this out. And um, then we Pacey's- go to Dawson. Well, Pacey's like Dawson probably threw me under the bus to remove blame from him. Right. And then we go to Dawson, who's like, how am I still in this room? Like, why are we still talking? (laughs) Why Um, am I still facing accountability and consequences? (laughs) But 
so so we hear that the the final time or not the final time but one the, the next time is that the yacht club must have been trespassed or Capeside High must have been trespassed upon after 5:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. because there was and there were no signs of forced entry. So yeah, okay. So Dawson's like, I was home last night, Mitch. You saw me, and Mitch is like, Yeah, that was at 10. And then the principal's like, Okay, so what was happening between five and ten? <laughs> right. And we go over to Dawson coming back to Mr. Brooks's house after yeah. that, like presumable three hour window yeah and mr brooks just like rails into him like you didn't fucking listen to me i don't know why you're here you're fired (laughs) he like needles dawson enough that dawson snaps and yells at him snaps (laughs) (laughs) like snaps yeah and and he's like you know just because like you're alone and none of your dreams came true does like not mean you can inflict this pain on me and I'm just like, how does Dawson think that Mr. Brooks has this big house? I mean, generational wealth. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Brooks is, I, I feel like, I don't know that, I don't know that any, I was not thinking about that kind of thing when I was 16 or 17. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just showing his hubris that he's like, I know everything about the movies. So right. this guy amounted to nothing. And you're right, like, right, right. you're in a fucking mansion. Like, why don't we think <laughs> things through, man? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. And I don't think you're wrong. But also at 17, I was never like, you know, what do you do that you live in this place? Mm-hmm. Um, but I hear you. Uh, and Brooks then like is like, don't presume to know anything about me or what I've done. And then he tells Dawson to leave and Dawson does. Yeah. um and so then we go back to jack's story yeah and like like, after 5 30 you can go after you tell us what you did last night (laughs) yeah and jack's jack says like they have their first playoff game and Mm -hmm. like so jen warns him like we see them on the field jen warns him that the the, all these dads are like heading his way yeah the militant parents (laughs) yeah and we see this like <laughs> sketchy situation of four ad- grown adults. Yeah. Circle men circling Jack. Yeah. And they're like, hey, um, we heard a rumor that Molly is going to be goalie. Yeah. And Jack's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm the coach. I put her and in they're goalie. like, you're only the coach because we didn't say anything about that rumor that didn't look good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then and he's we kept like, it secret. He says, you know, but like, this isn't personal. This is soccer. So like, if you put the, which these kids are like 10, okay. <laughs> if you put the girl in, in for goalie, we lose the game. And if we lose the game, you lose your job. Just like, is that how this works? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I do understand that like, there are plenty of like, parents of small children that are like way too invested in their kids sporting events no that like i understand (laughs) that part and like where i grew up was like a really big literally baseball they would win like the like literally world series like sports are a huge thing Mm -hmm. in the suburbs i totally understand this but if they were 
if your town cared about that, you wouldn't have a coach that was 18 years old in high school as your team coach. These two things do not exist. (laughs) And again, at the time watching this, I was like, that's not how this works. If you care (laughs) about your soccer coach, your team, you would have a coach that gets you there. That's like, it's like absurd to think that it's just like, it's just the players that get to the playoffs. Like, no, there's coaching too. Yeah. yeah, There's, there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, and you know, Jack's kind of like, okay, like I'll, I'll take that under advisement. And and he says it in a way that's like, I am not changing this decision. Yeah. And I just want to remind everyone that Jack is relaying this to two adults mitch and the principal Mm. this discrimination that is happening (laughs) yeah and like horrific you know horrific behavior right then jen comes up and is like says just a just a gem of a line that just i think you can miss if you don't listen for it (laughs) and goes that looked like pat buchanan's posse yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i looked it up i regret to inform you pat buchanan is still alive (laughs) However, we luckily lost Rush Limbaugh this week and thank God, praise, praise be, um, please crack a bottle of champagne for that motherfucker. Um, and not for him. I mean, for the fact that he's dead, um, (laughs) well-deserved to go you Rush. God's will. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and Jack then tells Jen what they said and Jen's like, what the fuck? man?" (laughs) Like, I feel like Jen's appropriately like uh stunned like are you fucking kidding me yeah yeah (laughs) she's like my first day here and i'm like in this situation how did that happen yeah so um we go back to pacey and you know mitch is like so you know like what happened yeah and doug has thrown pacey into the back seat of the cruiser right the police cruiser yeah, I got. I've. I think you and I have the same question, <laughs> and because we're we're parked outside of a market, <laughs> and Doug comes out with another person, and Pacey opens the back door of this cruiser. <laughs> those those don't open, guys. That no, that doesn't make any sense. The back okay. doors don't open in police cars. <laughs> Not from the inside. Not the, from the inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For good reason. And so Pacey sees like Doug approaching with this blind guy from the grocery store and Doug's Mm -hmm. like holding a bag of groceries and the blind guy goes in the front seat and Doug puts the groceries in the back seat and he drives him home and brings his groceries inside. If this is what cops actually did, I would be all for cops. (laughs) Awesome. It's just like, I don't forgive Doug's bad behavior because he's like performs this like small amount of labor to one person. (laughs) I agree with you. But my thing was like, if this was what cops actually did for a community, I would be all for it. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're saying when we say defund the police. It's like, well, yeah, shouldn't we have services that help (laughs) um, people with disabilities and perform like, you know, chores? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, absolutely. (laughs) um that's not what cops do but you know if this was like and they weren't like out there like that shouldn't be like part of the responsibility of some you know of a cop you know even if you believe that police should exist in the form that we see it like that shouldn't 
that's too much responsibility on their plate. So sure. these, uh, no matter the way you cut it, like we need a, um, a service like this. I mean, a lot of places do have it, but yeah. So Pacey sees him and, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. And he's like, you know, you can see him thinking like, maybe I got Doug all wrong. And you're just like, this is like, it's sad that like he could be so nice to a stranger and be so horrific to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, obviously what the show is intending is for us to see Doug do this and be like, Oh, Doug's like life isn't worthless. Like the right. his and choices. He had it all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's what that's how the storytelling of the show is saying it. Yeah. And yeah. You don't get to perform one basic bare minimum task and then be absolved of like constantly horrific behavior to a family member. <laughs> yep, that's accurate. Um, so we go then Dawson explains that like, you know, he went back to mix Mr. Brooks's house. <laughs> He's and- like I erupted in anger and you're not going to believe this, but I actually went back. And, and then Mr. Brooks, um, like gives this speech to Mr. Brooks where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I found your yearbook and like, I saw that your life's ambition was to be a filmmaker. And that's like also my life's ambition. And like, it really scared me because like, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be the person who pushes everything and everyone away. And like, I don't want to be alone. And I don't think you want to be alone. And then he's like, you can't <laughs> scare like, me away. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to finish this job because I'm a good guy. I'm nothing like you. <laughs> Just like, what? It's, it's flawed logic. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. That's flawed logic. Um, also, like, it's a... Uh, th- this this thing about like you can't well, he, scare me away like I feel like as a person who is working on but does have a lot of walls up um a lot of the time there's like this part of me that I think that we get fed this lie in media that like you know the person who like breaks through the walls is the good one mm-hmm. you know and like I don't think that that's a really healthy thing no dawson is being horrifically bullied by an old Old ass man man for no reason we have seen no reason to this behavior is unacceptable but like you don't even like know why mr brooks is really coming for dawson it doesn't make any sense you know (laughs) like well and so it's like horrible and then he's like i'm gonna you know this is the it's the same rhetoric that jack had towards molly is like these people are bullying you but you're gonna show them you're gonna be a good person and that will show them and it's like show them what well and also this thing of like there's this part of me that's like if someone's pushing you away and pushing you away and pushing you away at what point are they pushing you away and you need to like respect that and go away do you know what I mean? Like, it, yes, it might be because this person is, like, very hurt and tender and injured and has a lot of walls around them. But, like, that's on them to fix. <laughs> that's why we go to therapy. Yeah, I mean, it's um, just, like, the bullying is unacceptable. And the narrative of, like, oh, if you're bullying, then you just got to 
tough it up, thick skin and like show them. And it's like, no, there needs to be corrective behavior for this horrific bullying. Right. Yeah. So anyway. And it is like a constant moralization of like, well, then if you break three, you're a good guy. And it's like, no one is good and no one is bad. It's fucking bizarre. This like this idea. I mean, you know, that's Rush Limbaugh was bad. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's there's a caveat. That guy was bad. Um, but yeah, I hear you. I just I hear don't know him. So, you know, I would never I like, I don't know. Um, um, but Jack, so then Jack, we go to Jack and he tells us that they won the game with Molly and goal. Yeah. And they're Hello. all cheering. Yeah. They're all, the kids are stoked. They all went and like the crotch for like the Pat Buchanan fan club. Yeah. Walk comes up, up to him and they're like, Oh, so, uh, we see you didn't take our deal. And like, I don't know if you know how, um, soccer playoffs work but like if you get a tie in the next game the goals against you in the previous game count and you're like if you gave a fuck about this why would you have a coach that didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) and like i you know look as the sports person on this podcast i know that point spread is a real thing in certain like tournaments and things like that but like for 10 year old peewee soccer i have a really hard time believing that point spread is like a thing that we're dealing with well the tie would then they would have a tiebreaker there's the penalty or like the yeah, kick thing the ki- the yeah thing. there's already rules Sorry. for how to solve the tiebreaker tie yeah there are you would have known this the world cup was in the u.s in 1994 that's when soccer became we all learned more mainstream <laughs> has bend it like beckham come out yet that's the question <laughs> it's so embarrassing because i've like told people i'm like oh i've been to world cup game and people are like stunned and i'm like "Mm." in in 1994 yeah because it was in yeah i know in la yeah and so everyone went but like if you go to europe or you go places that like that's like unheard of they're like stunned and you're like or even in like the rest of america like i know i know some people are like super into soccer and they're like or football or whatever and they're like oh wait which game did you go to and i'm like i don't even want to tell you was the final (laughs) (laughs) a good good friend of ours um me and jen's uh she was i don't know if you remember at the women's world cup match in vancouver a number of years ago there was like a gif of this girl this person in an eagle costume with an american flag uh-huh. that's a friend of mine amazing <laughs> like a pretty good friend of mine <laughs> yeah so her and her wife have season tickets to the soccer here so we go with them a lot it's fun okay. i lo- i love soccer um yeah i've been to a and- bunch of galaxy games but um- yeah yeah, definitely. Anyways. I, I love soccer, particularly women's soccer. Um, so this shitty dad tells Jack that he's no longer the coach. And Molly hears this. Then who is the coach? Jen? <laughs> no, I think Jen's gone too. One then of these who, Pat Buchanan had dads. Had someone on backup, then why wasn't that person the coach the whole time? I mean, this I feel like you're trying sense. to apply logic to this, to this storyline that has none, <laughs> Aaron. Um, you know... Uh, it just so, goes back to what I've been saying. It's like, where are the the where are the beautiful stories about being gay? You know, it's just like being gay is horrific. Ugh. You're just like, oh my gosh, it's gonna take a few years before we get any of those. <laughs> yeah. I think 2016 was when we started getting them. Um, so Molly hears all of this and starts crying yeah. because she's like thinks she got him fired. She runs off and 
Jack goes over to Jen and Jen can't believe it. And she hugs yeah. him, you know, yeah. and she's like yeah. she's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's nighttime and we go out to Pacey and Doug at the boatyard because they got a call around 9 p.m. that someone had broken into the, the marina. And we get that over the top uh, noir music again mm-hmm. as Doug's like shining his flashlight around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, P- Pacey knows the code to get in. Yeah. And they shine the flashlight and all of a sudden they see Drew's there. Drew Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> And Drew and, says someone anonymously called his mom and told her a boat was missing and that's why he's there. Mm-hmm. And then he called the police and he's like, that's why you're here because I called you. And Doug's like, actually, we yeah. received an anonymous phone call before you called, mm-hmm. which begs the question, how do you know I didn't take the boat? Or how do I know you didn't take the <laughs> boat? Take Sorry. The boat. Yeah. And Drew's Drew <laughs> joins in the homophobia parade and is yeah. like frisk me if you want i bet you'd like that <laughs> okay okay i told drew has everyone's number so i you I know, know. <laughs> he's just like oh i know this is what i make fun of doug for <laughs> yeah exactly. super bizarre though yeah yeah and so drew goes to like leave and then pacey's like you know what wait up like i'm gonna cruise with drew like yeah and doug's like you hate that guy <laughs> And Pacey's like, yeah, yeah, but it's just a ride. Besides, it's a karma thing. Mm-hmm. So now all three of our dudes have said this. Um, so we go to the interrogation room and like Pacey tells, you know, Harry Shearer and Mitch that like he offered to grab a bite to eat with Drew, but Drew said he was busy and dropped Pacey at home where he went to bed. Mm-hmm. So he's like, gets to leave. It's like, yeah, the investigation is over on Pacey. And then he, like, turns and says, you know... The principal. He tells the principal, like, I don't I don't think Dawson did this either. Like... Yeah. And then he says, because Dawson's way too respectable of a guy to pull off this type of crime without my coaxing, which is <laughs> a statement I'm not sure I can get behind. <laughs> and then we cut to Dawson saying you know what? I don't think Pacey did this. Like he Mm -hmm. cares too much about like his school (laughs) work. (laughs) I I mean, I think what he's saying is jeopardizing, like actually graduating, (laughs) you know, I don't think Pacey cares that much about his schoolwork, but he doesn't, he wants to graduate from high school. (laughs) And they, he leaves. And then the principal's like, you know what? I know who did it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, really? Oh shit. You do? (laughs) Then Peskin says, obviously you don't watch Poirot on A&E. <laughs> I fucking love this nerd. What is this guy's? It's like amazing. I mean, he's no Principal Green, but he's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to Drew sitting in the <laughs> office and his mom is just standing up for him in just only the way she could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like trying to shame them. Like, she's like you know, shaming them for making this accusation. And then they like walk, they kind of walk through the whole timeline of like, here's what we think happened. Mm-hmm. And like, and then, yeah. um, and you yeah, know, Drew, Drew went just, to the hardware store to get the paint and he had the keys with him to make a copy. And yeah. then he was seen at the yard hopper. So he had all the resources and the know-how to get the job done. <laughs> Like, and Mrs. Valentine turns on a dime and is like, you conniving brat. She <laughs> yells at Drew. And then she tries to negotiate his suspension. Yeah, his punishment, yeah. 
It's yeah, just like, so he gets suspended for two weeks and gets probation for the rest of the year. <sighs> and he like laughs. That's a lot. It's wild. Yeah, two weeks suspension. That's fucking wild. Yeah. And like also, this is all like assertion too. So again, there's not really any evidence that Drew did it. So right. No, like totally. two weeks suspension. <laughs> so, so we go to the hallway where Drew's like getting stuff out of his locker, and Joey walks by and he calls her Harry Potter. I know. Is this when the first <laughs> book came out? Mm-mm, I looked it up. At this point, the fourth book had just been released in July of 2000. So, mm-hmm. that is when the book started permeating out of like kids' books. Kids, yeah. Uh huh. So, I read them. In the summer after our senior year in high school, so in the summer yeah. of 2001, yeah. I read them, and there were only four at that point. Um, right. So it was like it was like when it started to come into the sort of cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. Also, just yeah, to note, fuck J.K. Rowling. Um, she's yeah, a trans. I had my internship in between junior and senior year, and I was at an elementary school, and I remember all the kids reading them. So yeah. Yeah. I tr- I tried to push them off. I didn't want to read them because I thought they were kids' books and I was a snob and I was going into college for an English major. And um, my mom told me that all the professors were reading them. <laughs> and um, I read well, them. The, they are kids' books, the first few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, age but... as the, the years, but yeah. Totally. But I, um, my mom had read them and bought, bought them and read them. And then when I was packed for college, I didn't have any books in my room. Like I was packing. And so I just picked one up one day and then read all four of them. And like, yeah, super easy. Four or five days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Joey, he tells Joey, he gives Joey a message and he's like, (laughs) tell the boys he, I admire their brilliance. And she's like, wait, what is happening? (laughs) And he's like, no, tell them I said touche. He's like, what boys? (laughs) And Joey's like, well, what happened? And Drew's like, karma finally caught up with me. So um, there we go. Um, so Pacey's out in front of the police station and he's got like a box of donuts, donuts. for Doug and he wants to apologize. Mm-hmm. And like he it's really sad to watch because he's like, you can see how he believes what Doug said. He's like, I'll never have a job like you and I'll never care about anything like you do. Mm -hmm. And like he, you know, he kind of says, he like says that he was wrong and like what Doug does matters. It matters to Mike and it probably matters to like some kid who might kill his friends while he's speeding. And it probably matters in a million other ways that Pacey doesn't know. And he gives this really impassioned speech and like says like, I'd be so lucky to ride with you someday, ride shotgun with you someday. Yeah. And Doug like does say some nice things here Um, and says that it would be a mistake to be a cop for Pacey to be a cop because he's an original um, and has a a talent for flying in the face of conventionality and was like born to break the rules not in not person. person. So do you think this is referencing the total shift of like Dawson, you know, Joey being Dawson's girl and now how we've totally changed that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Pacey, well, so Doug says that he admires that in Pacey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't think, I don't know. I think it's just like Doug. It's like a meta thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it could be read that way. But, like, my thing is more, like, there's a part of me that thinks that by moving out of their dad's house, 
and like I don't know I want to see the good in Doug and Pacey's relationship that it could become good and like Doug did like give this refuge to Pacey last Mm. season you know but also like you know Doug doesn't totally get off the hook um for for being an asshole no Um, just because he says (laughs) one nice thing yeah yeah so but I but I also like it would be great if they could like you know mend and not put each other through this shit but yeah I mean it's like Doug we don't know but we can assume he has trauma from his father but like again Mm -hmm. we said last episode doesn't give you you don't get to be a piece of shit about your childhood trauma (laughs) you know like um yeah yeah so we go like where are we at are we at the it's the back room of the restaurant it's like the office of the restaurant I thought it was Dawson's room at first and then I was like oh no yeah it wasn't Dawson's room but yeah I was like is this the office but it looks pretty fucking massive it it does look huge. Restaurant offices are usually a fucking no. You know how much box. square footage that would cost. <laughs> mm, You're not making yeah. any money on that square footage. <laughs> so um, he, he's Dawson's, like searching the web and he's and, like searching um, proto IMDb. It's so funny, and yeah. he like Gretchen comes in and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "You know, Mr. Brooks said something I don't really understand, and I'm I'm kind of trying to find out more." Like, and uh, Gretchen's like, well, you know, like sometimes because he's like search for Arthur Brooks and nothing's popped up. And Gretchen's like, you know, sometimes people use stage names or like different names or, mm-hmm. or they have their initial or something. And Dawson's like, I know everything about movies. How dare you suggest <laughs> anything to me? Yeah, he's kind of mean to her. He's super mean to her. Like, what is he doing? Because she's like, sometimes they use like names like Ace and whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and then Buzz. he's like, oh, Ace or no, Chief. And he's like, oh, Chief Tarantino. And she's like, okay, all right, I'm going to go off. now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, girl, I would leave that too. Popped in to say what's up. He doesn't come for me. Like, fuck off. Yeah. And then he takes Gresham's advice and types A.I. Brooks into the search bar. And lo and behold, a bunch of movies come up. So. This is wild, right? I mean. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course it is. It's so contrived. No one would know. Like, you know, like, because Gail is like a pillar of the community. And Dawson. Right. How has Gail not done a. Well, Dawson's wanted to be a film nerd. So, like, you would think at some point she would have interacted with some other rich person from the Yacht Club. It was like, oh, my son Dawson wants to be a filmmaker. And they're like, oh, have you talked to Arthur? Yeah. You know? I do know. That's I how do know. it works with white people. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> with rich, rich white people. Yeah. Um, so then we go to Jack's house where Molly and Cal- Caroline come to see Jack. And, like, Molly is so upset. Yeah. And she's like a crying and apologizes for getting him fired. Yeah. And Jack's and like, wait, no. you think that's what happened? He walks out with her mm-hmm. and like comforts her. They sit on a bench <laughs> in front of his house. It looks like it's about to fall over too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who was doing set design that day, but that's not a great bench. <laughs> um, and and like, like, I'm so, so sorry that I didn't stop more goals. And I'm like, see, this is like the narrative of like, well, if you just got to suck it up and if you try harder, you know, right. it, this is all on you. And like, so she feels like it was her fault. 
because we didn't prevent yeah. the problem, the bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just also was a girl in the late 90s and, and you know, under, understand this part, too. Um, and so Molly, you know, Jack's just like, you know, Billy's dad just doesn't like me because of who I am. And like, you know, we just got to do our best to like forget those people and be the best people we can be. And yeah. Molly hugs him and it's like these they're sweet together. Like it's just, Yeah, he's like, we can't hate people because they're different, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's like obviously trying to like give her some advice and you're kind of like, what the fuck was Carolyn doing? <laughs> like, okay. Again, again, my mother would have been screaming in those men's faces. Um, so Yes, I mean, it's just like if they're being bullied, if they're, oh. they're bullying your kid you would have talked to the parents too. Like, I don't know. Like, I know it's complicated and I'm not a parent, but like, it just seems like this whole situation is super wild. Oh no. We had a next door neighbor that was like really, really Christian. And I said, I I was playing like roller hockey or something with their kids. And I like said Mm -hmm. shit or something like that. I said, I cussed. And the mom like screamed at me and like called me some really fucked up names. And I have never, my mother like, went next door and like I thought she was gonna do something Mm -hmm. she like screamed at this woman and I was like oh okay like Mm -hmm. there's a way that like when adults are picking on your kid like come the fuck on yeah like (laughs) make sure those adults know that what they're doing is absolute bullshit yeah it also I, like it helps your kid to see like oh okay that how to wasn't behave okay. in those situations too a it's not okay and b like you know you're like this is how you correct it and like yeah to varying degrees of what you would want to you know model for your kids <laughs> you know but like yeah it's super interesting i don't know yeah um because they're being horrific to Molly and to Jack. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, totally. It's like super wild to watch. And like, it's like I don't layered. get it. I don't get it. Like, again, yeah. maybe this is the way it was in the East Coast and the South and perhaps like where I grew up. But that wasn't my personal experience, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I remember my mom telling me this story where like that my brother's third grade teacher called her and was like, he said in class, like he read a story where it was like, she likes this girl. Da, 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 da. And the teacher called and was like, what's this about? My mom's like, you're calling me at work to talk about <laughs> this? Really? What's yeah. the problem here? What is the problem? Yeah. You're saying girls can't like girls? Why are you calling me at work to discuss this? And why are you trying to moralize my son? You know, it's just like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we go to Dawson's house then where Joey knocks on the door. I know. (laughs) Things have changed. And asks Mitch if Dawson's there. And Dawson's like, I don't know, but you can go up there and look for him. Mitch says Mitch says that. And he's like, and if he is there... Tell him I know and tell him congratulations. <laughs> I mean, I just want to point out yeah, that Mitch knew all this behavior was happening and covered for the boys. But he also we didn't hear him like standing up for these soccer coaches, you know, right. for Jack's, you know. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Wouldn't want to butt in. Wouldn't want no, to butt in. No, no, no. 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 Um, Is that and, the play- <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. the woman has to like, you know, try to do all the work, right? The men yeah. don't have to do any work to correct <laughs> the behavior of other men. They don't use no. their privilege to. No. Um, oh, okay. The, the okay. women and the gays in this, yeah. in this cool. instance. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm glad we, we, we've made that clear. Okay. Mm. 
And so Joey walks into Dawson's room where Dawson and Pacey are putting <laughs> paint and rollers <laughs> and rags into a big plastic trash bag. Yeah. And, and then uh, in walks Jack from the window. Does he like, walk? He kind oh, of yeah. falls, falls into in. the window. And he's like, man, it's hard to get up here without the ladder. Without the ladder! <laughs> Jack's like fucking, what is he, cry- climbing up a trellis to get fucking- <laughs> Jesus Christ, these kids, what? like some of these, one kid is going to break their leg at some point. Bitch. I know, you know, he's, he's, he's an, an athlete hazard. though. He's an athlete. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, so all of the ex and current bo- boyfriends of Joey Potter are in this room together. Yeah. And, and Jack's, Jack's like, wait, like, why is she here? I thought we weren't, I thought we weren't telling anyone. Yeah. And, and Joey's he, like, it's you, isn't it? You guys put the it. fucking you boat in the it. pool. You did yeah. it. <laughs> you fucking pulled like, it off. And, and they're Do- like, no, 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 we have alibis. We definitely didn't do it. It was totally Drew. Yeah. And then Dawson's like, but if we did do it, <laughs> Dawson pulls the OJ. If yeah, I yeah. did it, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> if we did do it, here's how it might have worked. And he like goes through the whole thing. And then they're all like, but that's just a hypothetical of like what might have happened. But <laughs> Drew did it and we're all glad that he got what was coming for him, which is karma. <laughs> um, and this is my one woo-woo thing from Santa Cruz that I still believe in is karma. I'm a big believer. Uh, oh, really? Karma. You know, it's a it's- system of oppression. <clears throat> well, I believe in it, Aaron. So. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I told you I had more to say about those farmers in India. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you you mean the 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 um? Does the word karma mean something in Indian that or in Hindi that it doesn't like not not how we kind of think of it? I think that our opinion of it is is the Western gaze and it, yeah. gaze and it's yeah it's um. A the, way to, yes, it's my belief in it is the Western belief in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't want to enforce systems of oppression, but I do think that if you're shitty, you shitty things that should happen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we go out. Like Joey kind of, you know, laughs at them and is like, "Good job, guys." And then we go out to Pacey and Dawson in a field in the middle of the night burying the evidence as if they have murdered a human it's kind of a uh, wild right why are they why didn't they this? just throw it away i don't know <laughs> they've already gotten off and mitch already yeah. knows so they could have just yeah. put it in their own fucking trash can at dawson's house <laughs> yeah, totally i don't understand what's happening and pacey's like dude like we pulled this off like yeah. we did this and then he's like you know dawson like i feel like something's been right you know in this like past few days that hasn't been right in a long time yeah and like for a second why we're not friends anymore yeah yeah Austin's like it's just not that simple and Pacey's like I know yeah and he's like (laughs) you said to me that you would never trust me or be my friend again it was one of the worst moments of my life and Dawson says, when you, I walked out on my back porch and saw you and Joey, it was the worst moment of my life. And, and I just want to say. Mm, the same thing that I want to say, I'm guessing. <laughs> this is so fucking twisted. We've mm-hmm. seen someone put a gun to Pacey's face. Uh-huh. We've seen his dad hit him. Yep. 
we've seen in this episode, his brother say he he's worthless and nothing. Mm-hmm. So Dawson's pain, while is totally valid, yes. is like not a scale on the same level as Pacey's. And I was is... supposed to feel sorry for him in that moment. And I was so fucking mad at him. Yeah. Uh, that is almost to a T the exact <laughs> note I made. Mine included that P- Pacey was also raped multiple times by his teacher. Oh, yeah. When um, the gun was pulled on him, his rapist was in the room. <laughs> yeah. And so because uh, I was like in the narrative of the show, what they're saying to us is Dawson took it the hardest dawson took the brunt of that pain Mm -hmm. and what it really is is like pacey has had a life of pain and that moment was really awful for him but like Mm -hmm. there's been other much more awful stuff and we're not in a fucking pain olympics yeah but like but yeah i agree with you the way it read to me was like dawson's privilege just came oozing out of that shit i was just like woo boy okay it's hard to watch, especially in this you. episode when we see a fucking horrific, traumatic moment at the hands of his brother. And also, because then Pacey goes on to say, like, do you think someday I could be the kind of person you could trust again? Mm-hmm. And Dawson's like, I think so. And Pacey's like, well, I got to try because I'm not ready to give up on you. And I'm like, why? <laughs> he- <laughs> why? He went and begged for his brother's, apolo- you know, forgiveness. Like, yeah, he's I know, broken. I know. A broken person <laughs> yeah i guess i mean that is the reasoning but for me it's just like whew. i yeah. don't know and dawson's like oh like he gives this little button at the end of the episode reason like, if it doesn't work out we could always kill each other and they kind of <laughs> okay <I'm> like <laughs> okay all right. that does not go over well sorry <laughs> writers are you fucking kidding me yeah it's I'm a weird ending he is <laughs> display from dawson and it's like i might kill you (laughs) (laughs) i mean after the like after last week it's like there's there's a bit of fun in this episode not in that not in those parts but just in the kind of like campy noir part of it yeah i like when they lean into this like like they did in the first season of like recreating films, you know, and like yeah. kind of trying to do these episodic films. I, I feel like they excel at that because it's kind of unique storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of like it, even though like I, we were talking shit on um, Indian summer, like there is some kind of like hilarity to that. episode. There's like a bit of camp to it. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> It's like the second best episode with Eve. The only one that you could ever like watch really. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a weird one, but, you know, there's some entertaining bits in it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know and that so, there's that much to say about it. Yeah, it's kind of a weird restart to like Andy's gone. <laughs> so, so now what? Yeah. Now what are we going to do? And it, it's right. interesting. And like, you know, it is a dude centric episode, which is fine. But like. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. But there's very little Jen and very little Joey. Um, and like and all of the no interact, like a lot of the interactions between the dudes are pretty toxic. You know, we see yeah. these like grown men being horrific to Jack. We see Doug being horrific to Pacey, right, right. you know? Um, yeah. And then like, not like we see these three boys being kind of horrific to Drew. I think Drew like, you know, Deserves. is a piece of shit, like, you know, but like, 
they like are they're being manipulative of him like yeah we're gonna be friends with you <laughs> and then they're mm-hmm. really just plotting to like destroy him <laughs> so you right. know like to yeah you know, scope it out I'm like I don't really like that <laughs> for a show obviously you want to watch it but in terms yeah. of like yeah if it's happening in real life it's not great but on the show it's quite entertaining (laughs) (laughs) so who you particularly well i want to say particularly because you're plotting to take a dude down rather than like girls plotting to take another girl down it's like kind of flips that narrative on its head a little bit Mm -hmm. which i which i appreciate right yeah i mean you kind of wish that they were able to at least like tell Jen or bring Jen into it and Joey for that matter. He's been horrific to her and be like, Oh yeah, yeah. we're going to like fuck over this guy drew because he's been a piece of shit to you. He sucks. Yeah. yeah. He's like terrorizing your life. And then on right. top of that, we want to know like, how do you want us to help you as he's terrorizing you to like prevent that and protect you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, totally. You could have done something cool with the ladies but maybe they were filming something else yeah i so. mean that kind of feels like what happened is the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the people had other movies filming like on projects yeah like, all, right, all right you know all right um, if you're but shooting yeah, pretty- pieces of april or something like that <laughs> yeah and, it's like a and imagine an iconic, me and you <laughs> yeah it's like an iconic season four episode i think mm-hmm. yeah 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 definitely and yeah. also like a lot of the as much as it doesn't seem like it, a lot of the stuff that happened or a few of the things that happened in this episode are going to like spark um, trajectories mm-hmm. um, in the rest of the season. So, yeah. So who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Jen um, to get her community service done. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe now she's the head coach. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I'm rooting for, I don't know. Like, I'm kind of glad the boys all did this, but I don't know if I want to say I'm rooting for any of them. Um, and like, I don't think Joey was really in it enough to root for her. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. I'm not really rooting for anyone. I know. <laughs> kind of like that was fun. That was a that was a little romp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if I ignore some pretty problematic shit, I, you know, it was it's a good time. But <laughs> which is like the psyche of the two thousands. Like, let me just ignore all this problematic shit, and then I can enjoy this piece of media. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think after like the very special episodes back to back, yeah, that we had. Um, it's good to kind of have a tonal shift of like, uh-huh. okay, especially since now Andy's gone, it's like, it would yeah. kind of need that, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're on this new, you know, trajectory. Yeah. But she was yeah. missed. <laughs> Most stuff. Most stuff. Yeah. All of the ladies were missed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for our listener corner, mm-hmm. this is from Tim. All right. Um, I would like to add a few things about Asperger's from what Jay mentioned in your interview with them. Mm. Those of us with Asperger's have difficulty in reading other people's facial expressions, particularly more mild ones, such as boredom. People with Asperger's have a tendency to go on about things when others would rather not would rather that we not. And Joey has probably experienced a lot of this from Dawson blabbing on about films. Another big one is agreement. 
will have difficulty using nonverbal social cues to tell if someone is agreeing with us or not. And in a similar vein, whether they're consenting or not when it comes to anything in the sexual realm. Mm. We also have difficulty in displaying the correct emotions ourselves. For instance, we'll get angry when we don't intend to, laugh based on thinking something's funny when it's not appropriate or other similar things. The way this all tends to play out is that those of us with Asperger's tend to face a fairly high level of rejection from our peers and can mm-hmm. quite and can often feel quite lonely. In Dawson's case, it seems to have led to a situation at the beginning of the series where Joey is Dawson's only truly close friend. I'd argue that even Pacey and Dawson aren't super close in the way that Joey and Dawson are. Mm-hmm. As such, Joey is probably the only person keeping Dawson from feeling totally lonely. And I think that's fair. You know, I do. I, I, I think the thing that's so interesting about this conversation and why I like us continuing to come back to it mm-hmm. is my question is always like, okay, where's the line, right? Like, yeah. Where's the, because I'm, I get it. I get that, you know, there are, with neurodivergence, there is this way in which, like, the brain is just functioning in a way that maybe I don't recognize or someone mm-hmm. who's, you know, if you're not used to it, you don't recognize it. Right. Um, and so it comes off, you know, yeah. as callous or as crass or something like that, whatever mm-hmm. it comes off as. And there's this way in which I'm like, I feel like my my question is always in the gray areas in like where do we draw lines is it's like when we're so uh, so willing to say okay yeah like that makes sense and like let's let's accommodate for that Mm -hmm. um in our social interaction or in in whatever it's like where's the line where it's like because i and and where i'm going with this and what i mean by this is like when Dawson is so possessive of Joey, like I get that he feels like he's losing this person. And I think if we're looking at it through this lens of like, maybe Dawson is someone with Asperger's like that feeling like she's the only friend that he has and the only one who gets it. Like I get how (laughs) devastating that can be. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I, in high school, I had multiple different, I had like two or three different friend groups that exploded spectacularly in a way that I felt Mm -hmm. like, okay, now I don't have any friends. Yeah. Who am I going to hang out with? Yeah. Oh shit. Like, and and that's just always the most painful ones. And and that's, and that's coming from a person who really, I don't have trouble making friends and never have, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, and so like, so I, so that's, that's never been something that I've struggled with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so my question is always like, just where is that line? And I don't think that there's like one answer. Like, I don't think you can email us and give us the answer. Yeah, yeah. I think the answer question. is really complicated and nuanced. Yeah. And and you can <laughs> please do email us and tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah, but um, but but like that's always like the, the gray area that I want to be kind of like sifting through. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously, like the quote line will always be on unfortunately on the more ableist side mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and that's unfortunate but like I don't know this kind of relates even to this episode where Dawson's like oh the worst thing that happened to me was like seeing you and Joey you know on the back porch and he still holds 
all of that anger towards Pacey. Mm -hmm. So it's weird to me because the way I see it is obviously like he thinks Joey is his possession (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and Pacey took her away and that like as a woman feels incredibly toxic and like it's hard to dismantle that in my head and I don't know if I want to you know and so that's where like a lot of these things are uh, systems of oppression butt up against each other because if the reality is like what Jay even brought the other week and and um Mm -hmm. and Tim you know right now is that like oh like the the fear of losing her is from this different place that like I would never understand um it's like less of a possession and more of a like what she encapsulates to him mm-hmm. from his like loneliness and his trauma and his, you know, just different um, way of dealing with social interactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's hard. Cause I think it's like, you know, I want Joey to have her agency and I want to frame mm-hmm. her within that conversation. And I want, you know, I want it to be about her and what she wants and not about the sort of forces that are weighing on her. Mm-hmm. But also that's an unrealistic, <laughs> that's unrealistic to life. It often is about the forces that are weighing on you as much as in a perfect world, we would rather that not be true. Um, it is true. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. it's super complicated. You know, yeah. and I just like it's hard for me to watch Dawson in this episode just be like, it's all your fault, Pacey. <laughs> the worst thing that happened was seeing you. Yeah. With Joey, you know, and like yeah. I'm putting all that blame on you and like maybe I'll like, you know, trust you again. And like that part I understand. Like, the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't trust you. I totally understand. But the way in which it's like it, the blame is exclusively on Pacey and less so on Joey, it's mm. that part is where I like, I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> no, but again, I mean, if we're looking at it through the, the lens of like a traditional narrative, a lot of times it would be flipped, right? Gender flipped where like it's mm-hmm. two girls saying that about a guy that they're like fighting over. So there's this way in which by by flipping it about the, just about their relationship, about the trust between the mm-hmm. two of them over this person. Um, like there's a way in which I think it's an interesting flip of the narrative. Do you know what I mean? And yet I also think that like Dawson is wrong. Um, Cause yeah, I, I think mean, that anyone who's in that situation is wrong. Like I, I get the trust thing. Like you I, would have to build trust with both of them. I think <laughs> like they both went behind your back. So I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but you know, I'm always in for a flipped narrative, but also it doesn't mean that the work doesn't need to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's really interesting, Tim. Thank you so much for writing us about that. Because, I mean, I, I like I said, I want to keep having this conversation. And I think, like, that's where my mind always goes is, like, on the extreme sides, it's easy to mm-hmm. to judge what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't even know if I want to, like, put right and wrong on it. But, like, just, like, what's acceptable. Um, but when we start to get towards the middle that's when it starts to get really fuzzy. And I think, I think that's always the place that I'm kind of like looking for, you know, where, where do we have, where do we sort of give leeway or grace and where do we say like, no, this is unacceptable no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. So we got to continue the conversation and invite, you know, or I don't, I don't, not a gatekeeper in this conversation, but you know, have, uh, different perspectives on it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going to ask you a difficult question. Oh shit. We had a tie. Okay. So you want to be the tiebreaker? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be the tiebreaker. Okay. Career ready Mm. or workforce bound? I'm going to say workforce bound and I'll give you the reason because Mm -hmm. I think that it is perfectly acceptable to go into the workforce and not adhere to a career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even though I think I voted for career ready, (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you (laughs) on the Instagram poll. I think I voted Uh for it, but having you say that to my face right now Mm -hmm. or uh, not my face through this Skype, through this Skype video. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think workforce bound feels more right to me. Okay. All right. So okay. for our workforce bound, mm. this is from Mimi. Yeah. My husband and I were talking to our 15 year old nephew about his post high school plans. And he told us he had enrolled in the welding vocation at his school and would be able to get a job right after graduation. That way, he told us he could start making money right away and avoid taking out college loans. Mm. He was also messing around with using welding to create sculpture. We were blown away. This kid has it figured out and is extremely pleased with his decision. I'd like to think of him as direct launch, which we had on the poll, kid, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as he is going straight from high school to, quote, real life with his trade. This may not apply to all non-college-bound kids, but I think it's important to accentuate the adult bravery it requires to go straight to the relative, straight from the relative shelter of school to the demands of a career without a buffer of college. Each option requires hard work and should be held in equal regard. Absolutely agree, Mimi. And your 15-year-old nephew sounds like a fucking rad person. Yeah, that's so cool. Um... Awesome Sorry. to have the support of his aunt and uncle. <laughs> yeah, you clearly are the cool aunt and uncle. And <laughs> to that, we tip our hats. Yes. Um, also, I agree. I think that it is really fucking hard um, yeah. to go straight into the work world. Uh, <laughs> it was hard enough to leave college and get forced into the work world. <laughs> and so Four I can't imagine... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember really it slammed into me like a fucking pile of bricks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, but I, I think that that's great. And I love the idea of having something as this craft and a skill that you can do. And like, you know, welding, obviously, there's a lot of things you can build with that. But also that like there's an art, there's art involved, too. Um, I think that um, as a person who works with artists, so often, um, and, and it, this is the thing that weighs on me the most about my job. So often my job is about telling people no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love it when I hear, and, and that, that really, it f- sucks because the reason that I do my job is because I love art. I love literature. I love reading. And I want, you know, as many stories and books and things to get out to people. Um, but I love it when people can just embrace doing art um, yeah. and not necessarily for commercial. I mean, I, hopefully someone, you can make money off your art, but like just doing it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like just doing it and, and creating something beautiful for this world. I mean, like 
I feel like in this pandemic, I have like, even more than I had before felt so much like there is so much beauty and there's so much art is so f- just fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and like it gives so much. And so I love the idea of being able to um, do something like that. Yeah. I love it. And, you know, just within a trade to have different options, you could take it is cool. Mm-hmm. And on top mm-hmm. of that, like, I guess I'm just always like, I don't get it. Like, you can go to college at any point. <laughs> you know, can we add that to the conversation? <laughs> you know, it's we not going anywhere. Should. Yeah, yeah, it's not going anywhere. Um, so if he decides he wants to do something else, then cool. <laughs> do that. Totally. You know, that's totally. what I think we should have these larger conversations about. Mm-hmm you know, on the whole about like what we, I live for so long, (laughs) so long, you can have multiple careers, you know, we work for like 50 or 60 years of our life. Mm -hmm. So why would we just want to follow like, or encourage that you have to follow one path and that's it, like that intense amount of pressure, geez. (laughs) Yeah, it is a huge amount of pressure. And I think, uh, I think having, it's so weird to me, how many skills I use from jobs that are nothing like my job um, mm-hmm. that I had when I was a teenager or when I was in my early 20s. Um, how many skills that are from a completely different business or industry that I use in my job now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm fully like, that's why I want to say workforce um, mm-hmm. bound because it's like, do a bunch of shit. <laughs> You know, right, there's so yeah. much there's so much out there that's so interesting and so like um, just preps you for stuff. And it might not seem like it would at the time, but it does. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, Rad, thank, thank you thank for you. continuing that conversation, Mimi. Um, yeah, thanks. Workforce bound. It is. <laughs> Until we learn I don't something know new. That, I don't know that it's smart that we've imbued me with such power to make decisions like this. <laughs> It's going to yeah, go straight to my head. Yeah, but we reserve the right to, <laughs> I know, if we kidding. learn something new, to change, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like we're not set mm-hmm. in our ways with it. We can always, um, you know, redirect the messaging and narrative, if, yeah. you know, as we grow with this conversation. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we just want to give a little shout out to all of our friends in Texas. I hope. Yeah. I hope you're okay. I know it's uh, my fiance is from Houston. So people I know are without power for days and days and mm-hmm. without water. And a lot of people have had their roofs cave in from mm-hmm. purse pipes and, Ooh, you know, I just have a lot of opinions on it. But I'm gonna say <laughs> Your government, We're- you're, you deserve more from your government. You do. Absolutely. You do. Absolutely. Absolutely. You just, we cannot be okay with our government doing nothing yep. for us. Absolutely not. Like, we have to draw a line. It's yeah. unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> so just no matter where you are on the spectrum of politics, this is unacceptable Yeah. to yeah. have a government that does nothing for you. And in fact, goes to Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> what a nightmare. I know um, it's horrible, but, but like, I want to emphasize, like we're thinking about the people that are in Texas that are suffering mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't fucking deserve this. Um, you deserve so much better than this. And I really hope yeah. that you guys are 
staying safe and taking care of each other and like i'm sorry that you have to that you have to do all that um um and that you're going through this and i think it's monumentally unfair yeah it's horrible so yeah it's really horrific to watch and scary for everyone in america to see that we could have Mm -hmm. a complete breakdown of power and energy and water it's really haunting to see even though we're not experiencing it so i can only imagine yep what's happening so yeah we're sending all of our positive vibes and let us know if you want us to (laughs) report back anything on the pod (laughs) yeah 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 uh what's going on if we need to elevate anything we would Mm -hmm. gladly do that um so yeah black lives matter defund the police Mm -hmm. stand with the farmers in india Mm-hmm. stay safe everyone <laughs> stay warm if you can yeah <sighs> yeah so you can find us on instagram and twitter at dawson's critique you can email us dawson's critique at gmail.com um keep your uh work bound workforce ready sorry <laughs> workforce workforce bound uh-huh. stories coming workforce bound <laughs> workforce bound stories okay. coming uh dawson's critique at gmail.com we want to shout our boy Kilia for making our theme song you can find him on instagram at go freaking crazy you can follow my finsta at aaron.hensley uh we have merch bit.ly slash dawson's critique you can order our book i remember yep. everything life lessons from dawson's creek wherever you get your books and this week, let us shout out uh, the the finest of Austin bookstores, um, Book People in Austin, Texas, a gem of a store that I love dearly. Uh, and uh, you can order it there um, and, and shoot a little love to Texas. Um, please like us, subscribe, write a review wherever it is you get your podcasts. Uh, thank you to those of you have it you who have it helps us immensely when you do that you can find me online at pesty 1079 we would like to thank as always andrew bush who someday we will meet again (laughs) someday um (laughs) we're waiting for it uh rare bird books can be found online at rarebirdlit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit this has been a rare bird production i don't want to wait